0: Thank you, Sharon, so much. Um, I wonder if any of you were doing what I was doing on Thursday night, which is uh, taking a photo of uh, our energy meters in order to send them to our energy provider. How many of you were doing that? A few, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the website of our energy provider crashed, but I still think I managed to send them by email. And uh, hopefully it will uh, offset a little bit of the cost of living crisis that's to come. Um, we've been praying in our firehouse also about, uh, you know, the shaking that's going on in uh, in this country and across the world. And the cost of living crisis is one of those things. The energy price cap going up by 54% on April the 1st was um, an April fool we could have done without. And uh, inflation is uh, uh, risen recently, reaching a 30-year high. Prices have risen by 6.2% in the 12 months to February, and again, that's the fastest rise in 30 years. So we are we are in something of a quandary around fuel and energy of food, and obviously the poor, the poorest are going to be hit the hardest. Um, also. We have record rates of COVID, so 5 million people in the country have COVID right now, uh, which is more than any time before. And although the uh, hospitalization and death rates are much lower, uh, it's playing havoc with workplaces and all kinds of things. And uh, and obviously, we have war in Europe. And again, that's something that we have been praying about in the firehouse with a lot of passion. Uh, And it seems to become bloodier and more shocking as we go along so we are in a a very turbulent time at the moment and it's a time of shaking and it's good to remember that the most important commandment in the judeo-christian tradition is this it is to treasure god and his kingdom more than anything else and that's something that tabby spoke about last week when she was talking about worry to love god with all our heart with all our soul with all our mind and with all our strength and we are asked to do that at a time when we are being shaken, when things are, uh, are really difficult, where it is easy to be afraid. At the very least, it's easy to be very distracted from the Lord. And it's good to remember also that as you read Scripture, uh, and as a vicar I would say this, I hope you do, but uh, if, when you read Scripture, you realize that about 99% of it is written to people and by people who are either under oppression, in exile, or in all kinds of trouble, or in war. And so, uh, in a certain sense, we are being normalized to to a scripture norm at the moment. And that the years, the sort of boom years of the 90s, uh, with, you know, Cool Britannia, and the end of history and everything else, were a bit of a blip. And actually, this is more normal. This is more normal life. Um, and being uh, you know in difficult times is more normal but we're a bit unused to that and this passage which Sharon read to us helps us with this it helps us uh, it has a lot of wisdom it has a lot of logic to it I think and it starts with treasures and it ends up more bluntly with money And it sets up three contrasts. So I wonder if if you can find a Bible in your pews, because I'm going to really, because it's quite a short passage, and I just want to really look at the text, and hopefully you will get something from this, uh, and you will um, hear something of the Lord speaking to you. So it's uh, Matthew 6, verses 19 onwards, and Jesus sets up three contrasts, if you like, three particular contrasts. things that he wants to say about treasures and money, and in particular, because treasures and money are always really a matter of the heart. That's where he's going to get to eventually. So verses 19 to 21 say this, just remind you of what Sharon read, "'Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up treasure for yourselves in heaven.'" where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So everybody has treasures. It's part of being a functioning human being, really, to treasure things. And Jesus is setting up a choice. So you can either store up treasures on earth or in heaven. So storing up treasures on earth might be increasing beautiful possessions, increasing your bank balance, increasing a good reputation, whatever it is. But he says these things are all subject to decay. Eventually, you may enjoy them for a while, but eventually, uh, in his rather um, uh, evocative phrase, moths and vermin and thieves are going to break in and decay will come to the things that you've stored up on the earth. Uh, And those decay comes particularly in turbulent times. I guess you could, you could ask a Russian oligarch about that right now. But 140 years ago, another Russian, Tolstoy, wrote about treasures on earth at a time when he was probably the most successful author in the world at the time. And he wrote in his little book, A Confession, about sinking into a huge depression because he realized that even though he was uh, extremely successful, he realized that everything he valued would die and pass away. And what you find as you read the book, that he's able to come out of this depression because he found hope in Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, you can store up treasure on earth, but these things will follow. And he says, alternatively, you could store up treasure in heaven. You could invest all that you are and all that you have in what God is doing. That's what heaven is about. And, what, and then God will use it and he will multiply it. So by heaven, I'm not meaning pie in the sky when you die. I don't mean something that's going to happen, uh, God willing, uh, many decades from now. But what I mean is that heaven is, the kingdom of heaven is near, says Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is here right now. It's the rule and the reign of God and the resources of heaven right now. So he's saying establish heavenly treasure right now here invest and treasure in what God treasures and that is I guess specifically people that Jesus died for particularly those who are in need the world that God has made and that he loves and the church which is his body so when you invest in people you store up treasure in heaven not just your family that God has placed you in but your neighbors and those across the world in deep trouble. Given the cost of living crisis, investing in something like uh, our Christians Against Poverty Center uh, is a good shout right now. That's how you invest in heaven because people are sinking into debt and as you give to cap, then you invest in the people. You use your resources to invest in people and partner with what God is doing in their lives. So as a church, just to, and you may or may not know this, we give away at least 10% of our income. And we do give to uh, those in need, to Food Bank and to CAP. We also give to those who are in trouble across the world, to open doors, to persecuted Christians. And recently we had a collection for International Justice Mission in Ukraine. We give to people who tell the world about Jesus, like the Sat7 uh, media group. Uh, or to every nation who train evangelists in Europe, and uh, it's a it's a really wonderful thing to invest in people, in different uh, locally and nationally and internationally, and uh, see what God will do. One of one of the best stories I thought from early in COVID was uh, the singer Dolly Parton giving a million pounds to develop the COVID vaccine. Did you come across that? Just, it just seemed like an unlikely connection. But apparently Dolly Parton's been giving generously uh, pretty much all her life and growing up in a, in a home that revered the scriptures and understood the Christian faith. I think that's informed the way that she uh, approaches the treasures that she has. And she probably has a lot more than when she started out. And she's able to give it for the benefit of people who uh, uh, would otherwise be unwell or worse. So when you invest... Invest in people, you can also invest in the planets that God loves, because God made the world, and he loves it. And as a church, we also support Rosha who invests in uh, looking after the planet. And you can invest in people, say, cleaning up the oceans of plastic, and in doing so, you are stewarding what God loves. You are investing in heaven. That's uh, a wonderful thing to do. And you can also invest in the church, which is Jesus' body. And you are partnering, therefore, with Jesus, who says, I will build my church. And so we bring what we can can do, and God builds his church. And as you participate in the life of the body of which you are a member, giving to your local church is also investing in heaven. So Jesus says, don't invest here on earth, but invest in heaven. Invest in people, invest in the planet, invest in the church and other things that God loves. And the principle is this this is where we get to the principle at the end of the, uh, I think it's verse 21. He says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our heart in Scripture is the center of who we are, everything flows from the heart. Uh, uh, all our actions and all our thoughts flow from what is deepest within us so that's the heart and the center of who we are revolves around our treasures jesus says where where whatever you treasure that's where your heart is going to be and it will direct how you live recently i um, i reread a book that i read as a kid which is a, you know, which is a kid's book and it's called Moonfleet. anyone read that yeah, It's a great adventure story, uh, smuggling off the Dorset coast and all that sort of thing. And um, uh, there's a thing in it where, where this young man, uh, he, he becomes really besotted with finding Blackbeard's, di- Blackbeard's diamond. Uh, and um, and f- trying to go after this treasure in the book uh, obsesses him more and more. And his actions become more and more extreme. Uh, and so it, uh, without spoiling the book because you know if you haven't read it do read it it's great I gave it to my son he's reading it in Sri Lanka right now <laughs> um, uh, his actions become more and more extreme until eventually he does things which put him uh, into bad straits and he gets put into slavery for about a decade but but the, the, he, you can see really really vividly in the story that Whatever he treasures, and he treasures this literal treasure, that's where his heart is. And that directs all of his life, and it directs his actions. That's what it's like being a human being. Wherever, whatever we treasure, that is where our heart is. So do you want your heart set on the things of heaven? On what God wants? That's what heaven is. It's what God wants and what he does. Where you store your treasures, where you invest in your life, both with your finances, with your uh, effort and your time and everything else that you are, that's where your heart's going to be. Your heart's going to be around your treasure. So that's the first thing that Jesus says. It's about treasure and the heart. The second thing, he moves from the heart to the eyes. So if you want to look at verse 22 and 23... He says this, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, interesting phrase, how great is that darkness? So Jesus sets up his his second contrast here. The first contrast is about... Don't invest there. Invest here. The second contrast about the eyes is whether you've got healthy eye, a healthy eye or an unhealthy eye. And he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. It's a bit like your eye is as headlights. And if your eye is healthy, you are giving God with your eye your undivided attention. You're shining your headlights on Him with generous attention. And everything you do will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, if you have what you might call an evil eye or a stingy eye or an envious eye, then you become full of darkness. So he's saying, he's equating a healthy eye with being generous and an unhealthy eye with being stingy. And, it, and the effect that it has on you I remember when Joe and I were driving back home, back to Exeter down the M5, uh, when Bart was really young. Actually, maybe we weren't coming here. It was probably before we even moved here. But uh, we were, we were approaching the M5 M4 interchange, and it was late at night. And Bart was in his booster seat behind us, our son, and uh, speeding along. You know, obviously. Uh, at the right speed, um, in the fast lane in our Renault hatchback. And suddenly, all the lights and all the power went off in the car. And it was very dark. And also, uh, the car started slowing down quite rapidly, so I had to make my way towards the hard shoulder. She must have been a long time ago, because somebody stopped to help us. And they had a new thing called a mobile phone, which we used, which is amazing. But anyway, I just really remember when the headlights and everything went off, the darkness was very extreme and it was frightening. And what Jesus is saying here is your, your eyes are like headlights. And, uh, and when they're generous and when they're focused on God and they're focused generously on the world, then your whole body is filled with light. And, uh, and, you, and, and that's good. And then when it all goes off and you have a stingy eye and, you don't, and you keep, your eyes are not focused on the Lord then your body is full of darkness. And he says, how great is that darkness? And I remember that too in the car. So he moves from the heart to the eye. And the question is, Jesus is leaving us with is, is your eye healthy and generous or is it unhealthy and stingy? Because however it is, that will have an effect on you. Okay, the last contrast is verse 24. It's the last one. The last verse in this passage. It goes like this. He says, "This is this is a well-known verse. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money." So Jesus starts with treasures and ends bluntly with money. So we serve our treasures, don't we? We make sacrifices for them. The things that we treasure in our life, uh, we will do that. And the contrast that Jesus wants to set up is that you can't have two ultimate treasures, two ultimate goals in in your life. So you can't serve God on the one hand and serve total financial security on the other. You can't serve God on the one hand and serve pleasing other people on the other because you're either going to please God or please other people. Sometimes they'll converge, but... There has to be a priority, Jesus is saying. You can't serve God and at the same time serve fulfilling all your desires and appetites. You can't, and specifically here Jesus says, you can't serve God and money or mammon as it's sometimes called. Because God is a power and money is also a power. And the question is, which power do you want to be mastered by and powered by? So, of course, you can value and use money to serve God, and that's a really good thing to do. But in that case, God is your ultimate goal. He says you just can't do it uh, with both. So summing up, what Jesus is saying is this, that in the kingdom of God, put your money where you want your heart to be. This is how to handle money in the kingdom of God. Put your money where you want your heart to be. And Jesus says kindly to us, I think, Don't put it where it's going to suffer loss and decay, but put it where it's going to last. That's the key thing. So in this place, when we're in a real place of shaking, which we are now, we need a place to stand. Particularly if we're thinking about money and the cost of living crisis that is escalating. And over the next year, you may have less money you may possibly have more money but it is good however much money you have to take a position and this is the position that Jesus asks us to take as believers that to set our heart and our eye on God to invest in him and what he's doing and what he loves and in that way Jesus says you can't lose so I want to say a few words just as I finish um Uh, for those of you who are part of Network, about just investing in this church community. I recognize this is something... uh, Over the last couple of years, I've spoken about this once, and only in the last three years have we... We've had three collections, I think. One for Extra Network Church about a year ago, one for YMCA, and one for International Justice Mission. So this isn't something that we've looked at very much of late. And I think also... um, Everyone at this point, as we come out of lockdowns, as we try and uh, work out who we are as a church again, everyone's everyone's renegotiating their relationship with church at this point. So you're kind of thinking, well, uh, you know, I've had I've done church on Zoom or not for a couple of years, and I'm just trying to work out what part do I play in this community? Um, do I want to be part of this community? or perhaps I want to be a part of a different church community. But there's a lot of discussion, and a lot of renegotiating, and a lot of prayer. And the thing about money is that it helps us measure the part we play in any particular enterprise, but in this case, uh, in a church community. So I want to encourage you to put your money where you want your heart to be. That's what Jesus asked us to do. And the question is, do you want your heart to be in the life of a church community? And in particular, in this church community. Because your heart and your treasure go together. So if you give to Network Church, and I know that many of you do, I want to say a massive thank you, particularly over these last two years, which have been uh, very turbulent. And during the pandemic pandemic, Uh, we planted a couple of churches as you know we planted some with some basils and some boniface and um, and in that time we probably planted away about 60 donors if we're talking about money Uh, and uh, so during the lockdown we saved uh, money uh, because we were doing much less um, but we are increasing expenditure over the year ahead as we open up and this is okay in the short term But the giving base is much smaller because we've sent people away to start new communities. uh, And we would love to be more stable in regular giving over the next few months. So what I'm just asking those of you who are part of Network to do is just to review your giving over this next week uh, towards Network. If you don't give and and, and your heart is with this church and you want to say, yeah, this is my community, then I would really encourage you to start a good habit of giving. Some of you may be able to increase giving. Some of you will decide with the Lord that you're going to stay the same. And others, uh, you may decide that you're going to give less for various reasons. And for me, I really need, when when I'm giving money both to this church and also to other um, things that I really uh, value and admire, I need a habit which helps me put my heart where I want my treasure to be. So the habit that Joe and I use is is the tithe, which is giving the first 10% of our of our income. We give away. In fact, we give it to the church, and then we give on top of that. And so, if you have never considered that before, I would just encourage you to consider that because it's about giving proportionately rather than just giving. Um, An amount is giving a proportion of what comes in. And a tithe is specifically the first proportion. So the first thing you do with your income is to give it away. And then as you do that, what I've found is that I'm trusting God that he will look after me and look after us with the 90% that uh, we still have, which sounds, you know, in some senses, like quite a lot still. So if you give um, thank you, if you would like to start giving, then do find the little cards in front of you. There are some on, on all the pews, and they will help you with the numbers that you need. If uh, if you give and you don't yet, and you're a UK taxpayer and you don't and you haven't signed a gift aid form, do sign one of those because that is such uh, an easy thing to do, and it increases the amount of giving that we are able to receive because the Chancellor amazingly gives an extra. 25p in the pound uh, with everything that you give Um, so where your treasure is there your heart will be also that's the principle maybe say that with me where your treasure is there your heart will be also where do you want your heart to be and just uh, if you are part of a different church then do think about that in relation to your own church but maybe just for a few moments uh, have a think about that principle Where do you want your heart to be? And how do you want to invest your money, your life, your time uh, on behalf of what God loves and what he's doing? So let's take a moment of quiet, shall we? Hmm. Should we stand? Go and pray together. Uh, So, uh, like Lauren was asking us to pray earlier, why don't we put our hands on our hearts? I'm going to pray that God sends his Holy Spirit to fill us and helps us as we direct our hearts over the weeks and months ahead. So Father, we offer you ourselves And we thank you for your love and generosity towards us. We thank you that you have never let us go. And we just step into your presence. We step into uh, your love again afresh today. So, Father, we just want to place, we want to direct our hearts towards your treasure. You are our treasure, Jesus. And what you love and what you do is our treasure. Pray that you would help us. take a position and to set our hearts right for this next season to have our eye on you and what you're doing and what you love Lord for all the gifts that you've given us in this life of um, uh, relationships and finances and possessions but we just uh, submit them to the ultimate goal that is you we bring them under your leadership and we bring them under your authority and may joyfully bring to you all that we are and all that we have. Set our hearts right, we pray. Set them in the right direction. Let's sing together, shall we? Adam's going to lead us.